Namaste. This is Preeti Adhikari. I am the founder of the Great Nepali Diaspora, a community of global Nepali professionals, and this is TGND Beats, Diaspora's Kurakani. Our podcast aims to showcase people with roots in Nepal and share their stories of struggle, perseverance, and success. My guest today is Suman Kativala. He's the co-founder, CTO, and board director of Seasurgy Plasmonics, based in Houston, which has been called one of the best climate tech companies in the world and has raised $115 million in funding. Suman has 18 worldwide patents and is a mentor, speaker, and entrepreneur. He's also a mentor and expert for the Great Nepali Diaspora's Nepal Venture Studio Incubator. Let's get started. Welcome, Suman. Namaste. Thank you for having Namaste. me. Namaste. No, I mean, I'm so excited. Uh, Malai, like, you know, I think it's been uh, over six, eight months uh, when I actually heard about you and I've been so impressed with your background and also not just your Timro Afno accomplishments, how you're trying to really help the ecosystem by mentoring and um, all of that. So I, I'm super excited to share your story with, um, with our audience. Yeah, I'm equally excited to be here. Perfect, perfect. Um, so just to get started, uh, tell us about your, uh, you know, childhood and youth in Nepal, uh, you know, uh, about your family life, schooling, and any special memories of Nepal? Can you share that? Yeah, of course. I mean, Biradnagar Khatiyaru, Borgasino Ziki. John Meurkia, Wing Biradnagar me. I went to school named Sirjana Gyankunja, English medium school nice. uh, from you know the very start to 10th grade, SLC mm-hmm. summer, and then uh, Birat Science uh, Campus uh, for 11 and 12 high school. Uh, and yeah, and born and raised over there. Uh, I was one of the I think one of them. We were the first uh, new SLC batch. It was a big, big, uh, you know, change on how, right. how teaching was done. Everyone was trying to figure that out and all that. So that's, I guess, one memory from uh, going to school and all that. But very, very grateful for uh, you know my parents sending me and my brother to private school, mm-hmm. uh, even when they you know looked like couldn't afford it and all that. And grateful right. for the school for giving the. Uh, you know, foundations, providing the foundations for the education and all that. So, yeah, uh, that was Biratnagar. Uh, and right after that, I I left uh, Nepal uh, and came to the U.S. and been here for almost 19 years now. So, oh, wow. It's been a while. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, I actually um, went to Biratnagar as a kid. I uh, Originally, they were from Biratnagar, so I visited as a child, and I remember like how amazing it was, how simple life was, um, and how incredible the people were. So um, I'm sure that your uh, childhood has had, uh, you know, uh, an influence in your in your in your life. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's so we had a pretty close neighborhood. It was in it mm-hmm. was you know a new uh, 
whatever, whatever it's called, uh, area. So almost right. everyone was uh, not from Biratnagar, where, where we had built our house, my parents said. Mm -hmm. right. It was all new people. Many of us, uh, I mean, uh, most of the family starting their life up. So which also right. meant that there were, there were a lot of kids. So mm -hmm. we had a lot of kids in the neighborhood, uh, same age, a little older, maybe a little younger, but uh, grew up around a lot of kids and, you know, a lot of uncles and aunties and right. a lot of, lot of uh, play every evening, uh, quite a few uh, close friends to the day. Uh, um, yeah, of course, big did, uh, did, did you used to be like, how do you remember uh, being as a kid? No, I was, I was, I was uh, called the good kid. You know, I was, I was always good in school. Mm -hmm. uh, always did my homework. You know, never caused trouble. Uh, but yeah, I'm. But I, I always, I always loved uh, to have a good time. So right. Uh, I also got along pretty well with the older folks. So mm -hmm. aunties in the neighborhood would invite me for random dinner, and <laughs> get my mom angry because we're supposed to have dinner all together and all that. Right. Yeah, no, right. I was I was I was not both myself. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh perfect. Um so Dimi, when you were a kid, did you always want to be an entrepreneur? What was your like, you know, ambition like uh, as as a child? So I was I was a little weird uh, as a as a kid when it came to that. Everybody would always ask, you know, Nepal Ma Savajana Tula which came on us. Right. Right. And uh, uh, who do you want to be like? Mm -hmm. so I've always been the kind who's even from my young age uh, told people I don't know but I mean I, I like science so I'm going to do something in science I don't know and they would say oh you want to be a scientist I'm like yeah maybe uh, mm -hmm. and they're like no but you are you are smart maybe you should be a doctor I'm like oh maybe uh, and they would ask who who's your role model idol and I, al I always would say I actually don't have one I admire a lot of people and to the right. day that happens and I've only been accused of being, uh, you know, full of myself once, <laughs> at least I, on my face for saying uh, for for saying that. But I actually, I, I mean, that is who I am. That's how I feel. So it is. It is that I actually feel it. You know, I've never wanted to become like someone. Mm -hmm. I wanted to always uh, just go uh, try to be the best version of myself and go with life and try to be a useful citizen, being a good friend. Right. Uh, be good to everyone around me and uh, see what opportunities uh, I can cultivate and, and grab them. Like I've always been uh, that way. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Tara, what I love now is that, you know, Nepali kids, whether they're in the US or, you know, in Nepal, now they have role models like you, right? So somewhere there must be a kid saying, oh, I want to be like Suman Khatiwada, right? So that, isn't that amazing? Like, you know, not just doctors and engineers, but like scientists and entrepreneurs and so on. So I love that, you know, our we have Nepali role models to look up to now. So that's that's very exciting. Yeah, and, and more than role models, right? So it is it is more about, for me, at least, uh, you know, making people feel like they can do it. You know, how mm -hmm. us immigrants, uh, when we come a little older uh, uh, to the US after high school or college and all that, uh, most of us have this inferiority complex of, oh, I don't think I can do that kind of a thing, right? And what I'm hoping is like, you know, with, with, uh, with people like me and others uh, that, that mm -hmm. you've interviewed and will interview, 
people look at look at our professional story and take inspiration from it and and get rid of that the shed that uh, mm -hmm. inferiority complex that might be there you know a lot of people don't uh, don't like to you know come across as oh i am from south asia or this and that or, right. or even just stop ourselves from applying for a particular job or, mm -hmm. or or a particular school and all that so my hope is as as we put ourselves out there uh, even if a couple of uh, you know up and coming people uh, younger people if they get inspired and and feel like they can do whatever they want in life that is that is way more uh, important uh, in terms of, of making course. impact than anything else of course um, I, I so agree. I so agree. Um, Saman, you talked about you know coming to the U.S. 19 years ago, right? Um, how was it? How was it a big cultural shock? Any interesting? Do you have any stories from that time? I mean, it's it was it was uh, up and down. Uh, didn't have any money. That was the big thing, right? So, uh, you know, you have a little bit of money that you're supposed to figure out, make sure you get good scholarships so you don't have to pay tuition. Uh, you know, find a way that you can you can uh, make living arrangements in an inexpensive way, but also in a way that does not interfere with your schooling. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that's the main thing you come here, you, you try to finish school uh, with good grades and hopefully get a good job or go to graduate school. So a right. lot of angst at that time uh, was that and, mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's probably the same story for a lot of us is right. uh, I had to 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 make sure uh, I could do all that right everything mm -hmm. that I just talked about and right and at this time I'm only you know 19 right myself mm -hmm. uh, you grow up pretty fast and you make decisions and uh, the, the 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 story goes is like you know you okay, you cannot afford to pay tuition next year in the university that, that you're mm -hmm. in at. So you go to a community college and then you try to, you know, because the tuition is not a lot. So you've, you mm -hmm. have time to figure that out. I did that for a year. Right. And uh, and through through the first almost three years, uh, it was a lot of work while, mm -hmm. while making sure uh, you go to school. Like, there was a stretch of almost two years where I was working 60 hours a week at a gas station, liquor store, you know, uh, trying to trying to to uh, make money to pay tuition right, and, right. and 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 have the living arrangements, but uh, while also keeping good grades and and you know trying to trying to get my friends to do the same are um, all around me, you know, three or four of mm -hmm. us. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, one thing I did do was uh, education was always put first, uh, and you know made sure that I I was making just enough money that that I can make it all happen. Or didn't right. get carried away with oh I, I would like to make exactly. more money or extra money and right, all that. Right. But it all worked out. And after the community college, I got full scholarship uh, at a university, and uh, and then you know I stopped working outside, started focusing on uh, what does padding up my resume mean? You know, what kind of mm -hmm. experiences am I going to need to go to graduate school or to get a job in the real world? You know, right, right. And the focus shifted from you know surviving and making happen for the first two and a half years to mm -hmm. uh, you know, setting myself up for uh, the you know, professional career that, that I wanted for myself. Um, I think, you know, I, I so agree with your, uh, you know, it, with your experience in terms of it is a lot of hustle, it is a lot of, uh, you know, balancing act. And I 
think there's also this uh, fine line okay, where, you know, you, of course, uh, as immigrants and, you know, uh, we, we have to figure out a lot on our own uh, at such a young age. So there's this thin line between, uh, you know, having to, you know, work those crazy hours for school and so on and not getting carried away with that short term, uh, you know, money and just uh, foregoing your education. Okay, I am uh, hoping that for a lot of people that uh, sort of, uh, they see the value in, you know, education and long-term goals rather than to quick money. And, you know, um, as, a, as a young person, I think that choice is, is can be tricky sometimes. No, absolutely. And, and every time I meet uh, a young Nepali person who I know is in school and all that, I always uh, tell them they have to invest in themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, my one advice is always that. I'm like, I've seen so many people just go astray. Mm-hmm. on like, you know, looking at the, this little money they're making right now and thinking that that's, that's it. And how can they, how can they let go of exactly. that money? And they, they choose that or school and education and all that. And that doesn't just affect your employability based on your resume, but also many times it affects your immigration status and, mm-hmm. and all that. So one advice I always give young Nepali folks that I meet is, is just that, hey, whatever you do, focus on school, get a degree, then you can uh, decide what you want to do with life. <laughs> but uh, exactly. as, as a young person, just make sure that's that's your one main goal. Of course, of course. And I think, um, like you said, it's not an easy choice at times that uh, we hope that more people sort of see the value in all of it. And I think it's also, uh, you know, seeing people around them as well, right, that have uh, sort of uh, that that where they see that education and all of that investing in themselves is worth it in the long run, right? I think that's also what we're hoping um, uh, people can see from from the podcast and from you know our community in general. That uh, you know there are so many paths that are longer and harder and so on, but it sort of it pays off in the long run, right? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, um, Suman, I mean, you know, I've obviously uh, talked to you a couple of times and obviously uh, heard about you and known about you and all of that. And then there are so many incredible things that uh, you've accomplished. Um, Tara, you know, as you look back on this, at, at least this 19 year journey to the US and, and before that, funny, what is one thing that you're super uh, proud of yourself on a personal level, any, something on a professional level? Uh, I think personal level, uh, it's, I don't think I have lost, uh, you know, what, what, what I want to be as a person. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm very busy these days and I don't necessarily uh, you know, make a lot of time with a lot of people like I would, I was able to before and all that, but uh, I have a lot of close relationships, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of uh, really good friends a lot of friends who regard me as their best friends mm-hmm. uh, a lot of that and people uh you know in my in my personal life uh who are like you know either either a little uh, older than me younger than me and all that i believe most people uh, think that i'm a good person and mm-hmm. that's like you know just knowing knowing that 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 uh you know i i go by life in a right way and 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 don't become that uh, person that people are like, you know, oh, he's good and successful, whatnot, but he's a total, uh, you know, uh, not good person to hang out with. 
right, <laughs> you know, right, exactly, uh, and exactly. all that. So uh, uh, I don't have that. So I think just like, you know, being a good person and striving to be uh, remain a good person and and be a better version of myself every day. I think that's what I'm mostly proud of. Uh, there in in my personal life, mm-hmm. professional life. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I am as satisfied yet. Okay. <laughs> so we yeah, have like so many I think more there's, things there's a to lot more to come. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to come. Uh, and yeah, and, and and as I'm going through this journey, especially last last six years of this company, I I see what what the what the big horizon could be, like what what are the achievements that people can have and make and all that. Right. And the kind of impacts that that you could actually make mm-hmm. on people around you, you know here american economy you know nepal and all that i think i think I'm, I'm i'm hoping at least i'm just getting started here and there's a lot there's a lot to achieve and one day maybe i'll be proud of a lot of that but yeah i mean so far good trajectory i've, I've, I've gotten a good start mm-hmm. but there's a lot more to achieve Amazing. Amazing. I look forward to all of that. I look forward to cheering for, uh, for you and just seeing what all of you accomplish. And I think, you know, the uh, whatever I've gotten to know you over the last couple of months, I know that uh, you will achieve everything you, you know, set your eyes on. So, um, uh, so looking I'll try. forward to that. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> looking for it. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll achieve it. Um, Next, I will sort of take a little bit of a, you know, diversion just though in terms of talking really about, uh, you know, about Nepalese in general, right? I mean, when you came to the US and so on, uh, and now, Pani, you, you know, or you run this big company, 100 plus people uh, in the US, uh, dealing with, the, you know, investors and peers and teammates and so on that are non-Nepalese. How do non-Nepalese uh, perceive Nepalese? Ani, has that changed over time since, you know, can you remember any sort of shifts uh, from, you know, 19 years ago to Oidiyara Sosakhiri? Uh, do you see a shift in perception? Yeah, so most of my time has been in Houston, Texas, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been in Houston since 2008. So uh, almost 14 years. And I think uh, I will answer your question directly. But uh, setting it up, uh, I think a lot of our own experiences on how people talk to us about us, our heritage, mm-hmm. our pedigree, is also dependent on uh, how they see us, which is like, you know, everybody judges a book by its cover, even right. though you're not supposed to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second thing is how you carry yourself after that, right. you know, that, that first impression or first introduction and all that. Mm-hmm. And I firmly believe in both of those. And as you become right. older... Uh, you you either get you know bogged down and and you're you're plateaued in your personal growth, professional growth, social growth, whatever that is, or uh, you you become more sophisticated in your thinking, your worldview, and all that. So the way you carry yourself changes, I think, with age, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so having said that, <laughs> I think uh, I still come across people to the day where uh, they say a few things like, oh, Nepal, wonderful. You're the first person from Nepal I met. Mm-hmm. Or they would be like, oh, you are under China, right? And I'm like, no, 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 we're not <laughs> Tibet. You know? uh, and 
and, and, and quite a few people are like, oh, Mount Everest is there, right? And yeah, of course. And they will ask, have you climbed it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not a normal thing to do. We don't do that on a random weekend hopping around. Uh, so yeah, you still get those. Uh, right, people, right, the extreme and, versions, right? Yeah. And then you get other people who are like, oh, I know someone who went to Nepal, uh, my family, or like, you know, I'm meeting more and more of those people. And I'm finding out as I have expanded my social circle and I'm meeting with a lot of well-to-do people, people right. who, who can afford as families to go on vacations mm-hmm. and all that. Right, those, people, right. those people know about Nepal and have been to Nepal or have someone in their friend circle or family circle who've been to Nepal. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a mixture of all of that. With regards to respect, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, and it's it's unfortunate to say, but it is it is uh, you know we are non-white people, right? Right. So, so because of that, there is not that instant respect that I feel that that people give you. Mm-hmm. If I said I was from you know Naples, Italy, for example, you know, right, that's also right. another confusing thing that people right. have. If people <laughs> yeah. people uh, uh, think I'm Italian or European. Or, or even Argentina and all that, there is a different level of tone uh, exactly. that they start talking to you as, as opposed to from Nepal, uh, right. which, which, is, which is what it is, right? I mean, our standing in the world is not as big, right, mm-hmm. yet. But yeah, so, so I think that's, I hope that answers your question <laughs> directly, but yes, that's, yes. that's the diversity of responses and interactions I have with people when it comes to what they what they think about Nepal or knowing about Nepal or or their perception of Nepal. Right, right. No, I mean, uh, I, I I get that as well. But what I love is, like you said, right, the people that have uh, you know actually visited Nepal or know somebody that uh, was from there, you know, whether a friend or a colleague and so on. Uh, what I what amazes me is they always have had a good interaction, right? Not like uh, not like hundreds of people. I think there's always this one interaction, one Nepali, whether in school or like workplace or in Nepal that was really friendly and nice and so on. So while I say like, you know, of course, this uh, extreme variety of uh, responses from people. Now, what I always like is there is always this common thread that the Nepali that that the Nepali they uh, knew or spoke to was was nice or friendly, whatever, which is such a uh, you know, uh, nice thing, Dostopani Laksa. I think that's been almost universal. Like everyone right? I've met who's, uh, who's been to Nepal always speaks very highly of Nepali people, how nice they mm-hmm. are, even if they uh, might not have a lot of physical things. Or wealth, right. They're always, they're always smiling and very pleasant. They will invite you uh, into your house, even if you're hiking somewhere in the Himalayas, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody almost universally says that to me as well. Like uh, right. it's, and, and that's a matter of pride for us, right? Uh, I think you, so. We are known as, you know, nice people. That's, that's a really good thing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So we should maintain that. I mean, right? I think more and more your Nepali diaspora, people with roots in Nepal are coming up. Our, our diaspora is 
uh, you know, getting more educated, getting more successful. And over time, I think, uh, you know, the first Usman I think we are starting to get the respect we deserve yeah, as a diaspora, as a community. So Tupani, I feel like it's it's an exciting time for us because, uh, you know, uh, now it's all in a way uphill, right? So yeah, that's I mean, exciting. In that sense, in that sense, we're all ambassadors to our uh, country, right? So I was talking about uh, people treat you the, uh, the the way you carry yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's all of our responsibilities who have this kind of platform, like this podcast for uh, you and I, right. and all that to carry ourselves in a manner that people, every interaction that they have with us, they they go away with, oh, Nepali people have their thing together, you know? Mm -hmm. They are exactly right, right, right. No, I, I so agree, and I think that's that's going to happen, and. Um, and also, I think uh, one of the things that uh, we've been trying to do is, uh, you know, Nepali have been uh, successful, uh, right? People are getting more and more successful and all of that. But uh, what has been lacking is that connected Nepali community. Okay? Uh, I'm and hoping thank you, thank you so much for doing this, by the way. Because <laughs> no, of no worries, no, no worries, <laughs> no worries, no worries at all. It's, I think it's everybody in the community that feels a part of it, and that I, I'm, I'm hoping that we sort of have a collective identity as well. So, um, yeah, what they say, uh, you can you can take a Nepali out of Nepal, but you cannot take the Nepal out of the Nepali, right? <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. On 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 that note, my question is just on that note, right? Uh, you know, orally perceived, all of that is there, right? But uh, what do you feel about your identity as a Nepali? Uh, you know, as a student, about working professional, going through all these ups and downs and highs and lows, How would you describe your uh, identity yeah, or your Nepaliness, right? Uh, I think that is that is, and then that is probably different for different people. For me, mm -hmm. uh, this reminds me of a Hindi Hindi saying. It says something about khajur <laughs> melatka. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel because, like, I was young enough when I left Nepal, right? And uh, mm -hmm. most of my formative years have been here in the US. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have a lot of, you know, other immigrant friends and a lot of American friends. Uh, and that has an impact on who you become as a person and how you feel about who you are, right? So yeah, it is, it is a situation where all of our Nepali people, especially outside of your nuclear family, right? Mm -hmm. They all think, oh, he's he's too American now, you know? Right. So that's that coming from, you know, your, your friends in Nepal who are still over there or your family in Nepal who are still over there. And uh, and here in America, like even like you know, now I have a professional clout about myself, but mm -hmm. I still feel like I have that little chip on my shoulders about, uh, you know, not being exactly them and no, mm -hmm. no, not that I want to be exactly them, but, you right. know, I, I feel like I have to try that a little harder to get the same of thing. Course. Than, of course. Than a, 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 than a natural born American mm -hmm. with a family here. Uh, of, course. Uh, of, course. So, of course. So I think 
and it's probably true for a lot of people. I don't know how you feel, uh, but I think like we're, we're kind of stuck in the middle. We just have to be good with mm-hmm. it, right? Because exactly, we're raised over there. This is our reality. We always, we always uh, love having kashigamasu and ba and momos, <laughs> right? That will not go away, right? No matter, exactly. no matter if you start eating whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever else. Uh, but you also have to be okay that, uh, yeah, you are not going to have the same thought process as your friend uh, who has been living their, their entire life over there. And, and you, you, you have to be okay with all that. Exactly, exactly. No, no, I so agree. Uh, Mate, I wish, I wish as there was somebody to feed me kosikomasu or, you know, frequently. Tada. Um, tada, tada, I so agree. And I think sometimes, you know, of course. Uh, let, me, let me pause you right there. There pause. are some really good recipes online for instant pot. Based oh, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should, I should, I should try and give them a try. Anybody, anybody can follow it. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. I, I'll do that. I'll let you know how my cooking experiment goes. Tada. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, definitely want to try it. Tada. You know, I mean, going back to your uh, point about chip on your shoulder, right? I think, uh, of course, it was harder. It's just to the fact that you have to work harder than anybody else around. And that plus, I mean, so on, you right? have, you are a female too, on top of that, right? Mm-hmm. So like you have that another layer added that, yeah. I, that someone like me doesn't have. Right, right, right. But it also, in a way, I'm, you know, I'm actually grateful for that as well, right? Because what that means is I'm not going to be, uh, you know, like you don't take anything for granted. Right, exactly. You don't take it for granted. You keep, you feel like, okay, uh, you know, I like you, all the people in the right? You've achieved so much, but you still want to do more. You feel like there's more, right? So in a way, it keeps us going. It doesn't uh, make us too comfortable. So I like that, uh, you know, what it does to us. And also, I think with age and everything, it also uh, means that we accept who we are. The fact that we're in the middle, we're not going to fit completely in Nepal and or fit completely in the US. That the middle portion is actually sociable, not that bad, buddy. Oh, right? it's exciting. Right? Almost like, I mean, and it's your perception, Pania, but either it could be the best of both worlds or if you, you know, are negative about it, you could be like, you know, you're a misfit yeah. everywhere. I know. Mm-hmm. Agree. Perfect. Perfect. Um, next day, Suman, you know, you obviously uh, talked about a little bit about your friends and so on. Point that they can go. Uh, the USI was especially, is there, you know, can you remember a time where a Nepali person that's not maybe your family, not your friends and so on, somebody like almost like a stranger, Nepali, like, like has somebody done something nice for you? Uh, I mean, people usually, I mean, all interactions are usually very nice, right? So a lot of people... Uh, Houston has a pretty active Nepali association. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're mainly focused on cultural stuff, like in celebrating right. New Year, and 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 they do do a blood drive, and they do organize you know soccer tournaments and stuff like that, uh, which I haven't been uh, very involved in. Uh, I guess unfortunately, right, <laughs> and all that. So. 
every time I've been to any event and all that, they've been nice. But in terms of helping me personally or professionally, I mean, people I knew uh, coming in, there right. was a couple of times in my first year coming into the US where uh, a couple of people uh, lent me some money, you know, a mm -hmm. few hundred dollars here and there, which I paid back. And those those couple of dollars meant a lot more than what they mean now, right? Of course. Exactly. Uh, exactly. When, when you don't have any money. Mm -hmm. uh, so there were two two people for sure. One I haven't spoken to in a while, so this is my cue to reach back out to them. Exactly. That, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was going to suggest uh, that maybe uh, it's time uh, you did that. that. Yeah. So I think that was that was the very important thing. Other things were, you know, in college and stuff. Uh, we were a group of friends. Uh, Nepali guys. We started with one one of my best friends from childhood. Like we we're together mm -hmm. and all that. Uh, but we we looked out for each other quite a bit during that time. You know, right. even from doing each other's homework when somebody else had to work extra or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> or or pulling together money because somebody's family needed needed some help right away. You know, right, right. Uh, or just you know cooking for each other and just. Mm -hmm spending whatever time we could have together and all that That's, uh, at that time and those were very important and you know right. those friends and the new friends we made and all that professionally i don't i don't uh, recall any nepali person lending a direct help to me to date mm -hmm. okay Okay. Which, um, is not a, which is not a like a you know, complaint or anything. I think that's no, no. It's no, no, no. But I, I think that's where again, like you know, I'm going to every time I'm going to uh, pitch in for uh, TGN, that I'm hoping right. that's what we start doing as well, right? I think right. Uh, Nepali harote culturally, Nepali, we're conditioned. I think not to really. Uh, reach out to uh, people we don't know. Really, uh, yeah. you know, asking people, you know, professionally, key health science and all. I think, uh, I don't know if we're uh, too shy to ask for help, or I don't know what that is culturally. That uh, you know, beside beside, I think we're uh, starting to do that. Okay, starting to really network and really uh, ask each other. Uh, you know, until we see the uh, people uh, contributing as well, right? I think you know. Uh, I'm seeing it, I know. So I'm hoping, you know, uh, like when we think about this, you you go in terms of professionally five years down the road will be like a hundred percent yes, right? Instead of no, oh, like you really have to think about it, Panda Um that's our that's our goal for the next five years. Yeah. All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, context, um, you know, about, you just think about the diaspora, not people in Nepal at this point, right. right? How can we really uplift our community? How can we uplift our diaspora? I think uh, like this this platform you built is is I think an amazing foundation for all this. Mm -hmm. That's why I was saying thank you to you earlier and thank you to you for doing it because thank you. I I know what it takes to start something. <laughs> and right. This is this is not a job that pays you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it requires uh, you know almost a fanatic belief in what you want right. to do, what you're doing. You know, mm -hmm. and this is for the audience who who might be listening to here is you know, Preeti is doing this, 
because she thinks this is important to do and right. like this consumes the time in her life that she could do in use doing something right you know, she, she, could have, you know, sure. she could have been a, a wine tasting person you know and just enjoy her <laughs> life that way. but she's not doing that she's doing this right so uh, i think few avenues like this setting up the foundation to be useful mm-hmm. for our uh, greater nepali people uh, right. overall i think i think is important uh, you know and using this kind of platform someone like me being available to have a conversation you know mm-hmm. uh, willing to meet people who want to meet with you you know in this day of zoom it makes it much easier right you can connect with right you. right uh, that but also i think uh, it's it's not going to happen you know just with one person just with you right mm-hmm. uh, and as you have the chapters uh, in all around around the country in the cities and all that those people who have you know given you the word and and saying that okay we will we will take point in this part of uh, the us here or or, or mm-hmm. elsewhere they need to keep on investing their time and energy in this as well Exactly. Uh, and I think uh like it, one of the one of the things that you that uh, you've started the the startup accelerator uh, mm-hmm. those are the big amplifiers I think. Right. More so than the meetups. Yeah, meetups get mm-hmm. people to get to know each other, like right. each other, form the connections and that that's that. But I think you know as you know uh, entrepreneurs around the world, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the amplification of impact that you know with entrepreneurs connecting with each other uh and and doing what they do is i think uh, exponential as compared to any uh, any other uh, person uh mm-hmm. doing uh, some other profession yeah yeah i mean i'm not saying in absolute terms of course uh but i actually believe that that the entrepreneurs no, no. Uh, uh, you know exactly. the and all i think that is a great avenue and things like that is uh, is really good but also i think a uh, little bit of work from uh, our embassy and 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 those kind of places as well would also mm-hmm. be good uh what else uh, again like talking about amplification amplification of news again things like you do uh, in linkedin or mm-hmm. you know like my company and other people's company or big fundraise or this and that or big achievement big milestone I think those uh, you know those kind of things also help uh, with perception outreach uh, I've had a lot of Nepali people add me on LinkedIn recently mm-hmm. right right <laughs> and I think it is almost uh, single-handedly <laughs> because, of, <laughs> because of my association with uh, yeah, with 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 the great Nepali diaspora uh, and all that and which which I'm happy to uh, interact mm-hmm. to and all that right and and just saying uh, on a podcast or oh, you're willing to engage is one thing and actually engaging is another right 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 so no, i think uh, while you're on the topic we should also sort of uh, explain what that engaging is right i think mm-hmm. uh, what people should also really realize is you know uh, that everybody's valuable uh, time is valuable and especially you know when you're an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur as successful and busy as suman 
his time with you, it's not like, you know, we're sort of quantifying one good time versus another. There are so many, so many hundreds and thousands of pressing things. So if uh, somebody makes time for you, you should respect that. Uh, one, it's very, um, and I think I'm hoping, you know, our audience and people in the community really, really understand this, that it's very, uh <laughs> naive to uh, you know expect yeah, somebody a lot of people to have reach out to you mm-hmm. expecting you to make time for them tomorrow exactly tomorrow and exactly right and frequently right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. or even if they somebody responds or gives you time how do you do the homework and you prepare so that you're not really wasting somebody's time right yeah, so maybe maybe be... i can add a tiny commentary yes, please, on that please do that please. Uh, it's so a lot of the times people who haven't done this, it's difficult for them to understand even if they, they are, you know, even if somebody's been, a, let's say a McKinsey consultant, mm-hmm. even it, and, and we know like they work hard, like you know, long hours or, or, or an investment banker, you know, a lot of the long hours and all that, even they cannot understand a lot of the times how an entrepreneur running their company is using their time and why they can't do certain things like a random happy hour. You know, exactly. Uh, and all that. So even if it is difficult for them. So for most people who are, who haven't been an entrepreneur, uh, it is so difficult for them to understand. But I, I count every 10, 15 minutes of my day, work day. Mm-hmm. I value my time. If I have time in the evening to make food and, and have dinner with my wife, like that, that is the time that I really want. And if I'm giving exactly. someone an evening, even 30 minutes, which disrupts my evening entirely, right? It's 30 minutes, but it's not just 30 minutes. Right. Right. Uh, and, and that takes away from the time that I use to, you know, de-stress and relax. So I'm, I'm good next day or the next, you know, two hours from right. that time, whatever and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is important. Like for me during the day, like literally during the work week, Monday through Friday, when everybody else is also working, not to say that I only work Monday through Friday, nine to five, which would be a lie, right. uh, uh, but not necessarily healthy. But I, I literally count my time and I have to, mm-hmm. and I had to learn to count of my course. time. Otherwise things will fall off the crack and, or I become a bottleneck within my own organization, external uh, communication suffers, internal communication suffers. I have to be very careful how I choose my time. And of like, because of that, like, for example, even two years ago, I used to be on LinkedIn every day. And now mm-hmm. I'm on LinkedIn maybe once a week. And that is my choice, mm-hmm. even of when course. I have an urge and all that. And I, there's a bunch of, like, a lot of Nepali people are like, you know, oh, you're so busy. You don't even have time for Facebook. And I'm like, right. I actually don't. <laughs> and right. when you say that, especially in a group setting, in a social setting, mm-hmm. uh, like you see a few people roll their eyes. And I'm exactly. like, I used to you know, defend myself a little bit before, but now I'm like, uh, the point is moot here. Like, it doesn't matter. And they right. think that I'm full of myself and think I'm too too important to, right, to be on Facebook. Right. But that's not the point. Like, it's mm-hmm. the, like, you take social media and your mind is now disrupted. The rhythm exactly. of what you're trying to do without proper focus time, it is very difficult to achieve something in the time right. that you need to achieve because uh, without focus, you'll be doing the same thing or getting back to that same email five times. I don't want to do that. I'm going to go right. to email. 
once, <laughs> it, it, tackle it, and then be done with it. But that means that for that 10 minutes, I'm only doing that one email, you know? Exactly. exactly. And my phone is in the next table. And, uh, you know, people are mad that uh, I did not call them back. But I'm like, hey, it's Tuesday at uh, 1 p.m. Uh, that, that, that you called me or texted me. Mm -hmm. Sorry, uh, today's Thursday, but what's up? <laughs> yeah. right, right exactly no 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 i mean and i think um, like i for me like just uh in my personal life go very few people bike i will not even if you know unless you sort of schedule time with me i will not pick up your phone right because it's such a disruptor people you know, i mean these are small basic uh you know uh, it's not fair for our family right? members it's not right? fair they are already sacrificing a lot for them to mm -hmm. let us do what we do, work all these hours, right. come home stressed all the time, you know, exactly. Uh, exactly. and all that. And if if it interferes with their time that that we are trying to spend together to you know mm -hmm. keep on working on our relationship, you know, which everybody needs to do every day, uh, and all that, then it and and then I'm I'm like, oh, uh, I'll pause my dinner because I need to talk to someone or respond to this email. It's not fair right. yet. Exactly. Sometimes exactly. you have to do it. Things are urgent, mm -hmm. uh, but most things can wait. And like I'm, in many ways, I'm still training myself <laughs> to not mm -hmm. do that. 100%. I know, I know. Sometimes it, it can be tempting, but uh, but I hope, like you know, as a community, not not just at the individual level, we learn these kind of things, right? That you know, you know, reaching out to per somebody. People, people, that, people don't understand. Uh, my mom mm -hmm. yesterday told me, oh. You said you don't have time, but then you just uh, went on a vacation for the weekend. <laughs> and that's my mom. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh, I planned uh, that, that vacation eight months in advance. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have time. That time for my vacation is my vacation time. I just need to refresh. And of that's course. what I need to do. Right. And just saying that, like, even my mom rolls her eyes at me. You of know? course. And the, that's what I mean. Like, you know, it's, it's very difficult for people to understand. <laughs> I have stopped, you know, pressing it with people if, if they, right. if they say something and I'm like, yeah, sorry, it is what it is because, mm -hmm. you know, it, you don't have time for conflict. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. It's not, it's not worth it. It's like, not worth it. Um, no, and that are just uh, valuing people's um, time and respecting that. And especially if somebody is giving you, you their time, I think you're saying we should uh, all sort of uh, really uh, make the best use out of it, right? And not come to the meeting and expect somebody to have a magic pill and solve all your problems. I think really, you do the homework <laughs> and you sort of make the best out of it, I know. And that's the thing. And that's what taking advice means right you take advice but at the end of the day you ha you have to make your own decision of and roll with it exactly exactly um suman i feel like i could you know we could talk for a while but i respect your time too so um here's our last question for Adza. um you know we talked a little bit about uh, the perception about nepalis and all of it china but uh, when when you think about it now um what is, uh, no, does Nepal have a brand or and if it does, uh, can we improve it or change it? You said brand, right? Right, brand. Yeah, and, and I, th I think we touched on quite a few of those things, right? Uh, I think in the Western world, there is still a big novelty factor 
with anything Nepal, mm -hmm. including people. Right. 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 Uh, yeah, and and as we know, there's 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 a lot of small businesses from Nepal that sell things on Amazon to the Western world, US, US and and and, and Europe mainly, I think. Uh, and that that's that's a lot of you know handicraft and stuff like that. Uh, we mm -hmm. sell vacations to people, you know, that becomes a novelty thing. For some reason, though, uh, Bhutan seems to have outshone Nepal on on that, you know, uh, amazing on the happiness, vacation, right? Mm -hmm. Which is which is crazy to me. Exactly. Uh, uh, we have done a very poor job, of course, as a country to let that happen, right? And, uh, and all that. But I think overall, there's still a lot of novelty factor uh, mm -hmm. that uh, you know a lot of people could exploit as uh, exploit in a good way that is uh, as as entrepreneurs to uh, you know take advantage of huge consumer base all around that things that uh, anything coming out of nepal uh, is a novel item uh, that's right. that and we talked about the vacation right uh, in terms of opportunity and we're already beginning to see a little bit of this is uh, there's a lot of things that can be done remotely now. And mm -hmm. a few of the things that we're seeing is people are beginning to start companies that are like in IT shops. Right. And just taking taking uh, projects from the Western world and doing it in Nepal. And because labor is cheap, they can do projects at a lower cost. And if they mm -hmm. you know, are able to achieve whatever the milestones and all that, then, then it becomes beneficial both ways, right? Right, so right. Beginning to see see quite a bit of that cropping up. The other opportunity is what what a lot of Asia has done in terms of starting companies, like basically a a, a, a you know Nepali version of uh, something like Nepali mm -hmm. version of Uber, maybe. You know, right, right, right. Uh, a lot of those and uh, in Asia. And, right, right, uh, uh, and all that. So I think there's there's opportunities there. I've heard that. Uh, you know, digital pay platforms and all that are, are pretty big already in Kathmandu, mm -hmm. especially. Uh, right, and, right. And all that, I think, I think, yeah, this, especially like this, this, uh, you know, Nepali version of, uh, you know, other things from the Western world. We have a formula that works. They, they've done that on TV, right? With all these mm -hmm. talent shows and all that, you know, right, Nepal right. talent and all that. Uh, same for, but for companies, like there's a lot of opportunities there. And you can always mold it to have. A, a perfect Nepali angle to start companies and all that. Uh, I recently also had interactions with a, a group of uh, mainly bankers from Nepal. Mm -hmm. uh, they were uh, they were doing an executive education uh, course in uh, at Rice University. That's my alma right. That's where I did my PhD mm -hmm. at. Mm -hmm. So the dean of the Rice Business School invited me over to uh, give a lecture, and it's like. It was a lecture, but it was mainly talking, like it was mainly a conversation, of course. Right, right. Uh, it was part of that class. And, you know, a lot of it was ask me anything kind of assessment. And mm -hmm. these are all like CEOs, presidents, vice presidents of uh, major banks in Nepal. Uh, quite a few of them are involved in, in big energy infrastructure projects, big uh, right. infrastructure in Nepal, right? Uh, and I was very pleasantly surprised to see that they are looking at uh, the new new ways to monetize a lot of that, and the, one big example was hydrogen. Like you mm -hmm. have this hydro hydropower uh, uh, that 
they are like you know financing and building up right, right. and mm -hmm. you do this power purchasing agreement but there's always a surplus especially right. during particular seasons mm -hmm. and when you have this surplus electricity if you don't have a use to uh, a use for it then you it goes to waste exactly so exactly. they were looking and they were asking me as an expert on clean tech climate and hydrogen a new new molecule fuel side um, right. what's my take on potentially using that surplus uh, electricity converting it to hydrogen or other liquid fuels and selling right. it, selling it within nepal or to india and interesting like that kind of thought uh, you know mm -hmm. beyond just uh, you know startup side like looking at you know big money exactly banking and all that uh, was a big eye opener for me i'm i'm supposed to reach back out to a bunch of them which i will also Again, see, you've already you've already gotten really good use out of this podcast. You have two people, <laughs> at least two yeah. people to reach out to. You Personal remember, and professional. So. Yeah. I know, right? So, um, so you're welcome, Subhan. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, thank you. But 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 I think there's a lot of opportunity, right? So, uh, whenever there is a, a big population, there's a lot of opportunity. We have a lot of natural resources. There's a lot of development to do, right? There is a lot of opportunity to uh, create value in Nepal. Right. I think all across the board, we just have to, you know, do things like uh, get rid of uh, nepotism, kill corruption, uh, establish processes uh, that are democratic and mm -hmm. and you know not not uh, dependent on people and uh, exactly. all these princes uh, and kings and warlords. Exactly. And you yeah, know, all these you know figure figureheads that we have that run the company, right, uh, right, that right, run the country, and all that. It so once be, we once we right. do that, I think there's a lot of opportunity. We have the same amount of people as Texas. Texas, if it was a country, would be top ten uh, uh, big economic powerhouse in the world. You know, right? We don't have as planned, but we do have plenty of resources. That's an interesting way. Um... Uh, well, interesting way to think about it. So, uh, really think of it like Texas. I mean, that's an interesting, uh, interesting uh, thought. But um, you know, I so agree in terms of the the opportunities that are in Nepal, and I think especially with uh, you know, uh, again, a young labor force, uh, education, and the right sort of opportunities, the right processes in place. I think uh, I think we can get there. I think so. I think so. Just like. If we people like you and I we become successful, uh, we need to make sure we have an eye on uh, back at our home country. And if we do become successful with you know money or network or whatever, right. it is, uh, we we always uh, you know think about Nepal and and what we can do uh, to help out. You know exactly exactly. And I mean I think um, also like uh, technical expertise, right? That's the other thing about others say with the whole hydrogen thing and so on. Uh, I think the one of the biggest things uh, contribution the diaspora can make is not just investment, but this technical expertise, this domain expertise people have in different hotels. Like say leverage Gordon Sokemani, I think um, that's the, that's probably the best thing we can do. No, absolutely. I mean, even even at grassroots, if you are an immigration lawyer. I met mm -hmm. a couple of uh, Nepali immigration lawyers uh, during the Houston meetup. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and I was like, amazing. You know, it, like their domain expertise, to your point, is very useful for you know, uh, someone who is new to this country. 
you know exactly or or is going through an immigration process which inadvertently they would be going to you know awesome awesome um and on that note saman um thank you so much for being here thank you for sharing about your life your accomplishments and you know your thought process i think that's going to be so useful for our audience um and to our listeners uh, please like subscribe and share help us spread the word about tgnb beats thank you thank you <laughs>